and welcome back to another episode of the Goal Post. Happy Friday, everybody. We had a great Thursday night football last night with Bills 24, Patriots 10. That's right. We're diving right into it because we got a lot to go over today. And the Bills get a finally get a win in the AFC East in a game that really wasn't in question for much of the game and kind of a classic AFC East game for early December. Yeah, some spread on that game. It was uh, Patriots looked good in the first quarter, and then they just kind of disappeared. They just couldn't decide what to do on offense. They kind of fell in love with the pass for a bit, wasn't working. Then they got they fell too in love with the run, which was just killing time when they needed to score quickly. So their offense was just it. It seemed just not like a Patriots team in general it was just they looked disorganized they were yelling at coaches on the bench mac jones screaming at matt patricia there who i think yeah. is not the right answer at offensive coordinator for them it's it didn't seem like a bill belichick team game in the sense of weird use of timeouts it didn't seem like offense was on the same page just a weird performance from the pats after having their best offensive performance last week it seemed like a night and day kind of situation so yeah, I think that's why we saw the line so so small. It was three and a half. Thing might have closed at four, four and a half, and yeah. I think it's because they saw like that, that. That was the best offense performance you'll ever see. I think out of Mac Jones and that Patriots offense because they're they're a defensive team. They want to run the ball, kill the clock, but they just they couldn't do that today on the Bills defense without Von Miller. And I don't know the Patriots. Just I said last week, I believe that. They will be there for that last playoff spot in the AFC. But yeah. I, after watching that, that they are not a playoff team from what I saw out of that game. No, I don't think so either. And uh, it, I think a lot of people lost confidence in the Pats after last night. You're in prime time. You're in front of everybody. And this has to be when you make the statement game this late into the season to prove that you're still in the mix in the playoff hunt. And that just didn't happen. And it never really looked like it was going to happen. When you're pulling out, when your best offensive play of the night is pulling out a guy who's taking his first offensive snap of the season, a cornerback and Marcus Jones, and he is a beautiful play, he breaks through and has a great run for a touchdown. But that yep. can't be a good sign for your offense if you're already like breaking that out and then that's your best offensive pretty much play of the night. No, it, it reeked of like desperation almost. So they're like, yeah, we need exactly. to figure something out. We need to just go into the trick playbook. Well, not trick play, but like, gadget play I guess bringing a cornerback putting them on wide receiver and just giving them the ball and just saying run it wasn't even like a crazy play where they're you know no like it's just a kind of a simple screen yeah it was screenplay a couple blocks and he he's really fast that was an he's one of the most electric returners it was crazy like, every time he gets the ball I'm I'm like he might go he's going yeah. he's going he's so fast so I think they should keep him at at, at wide receiver there I think it's uh a Deion Sanders-esque kind of play both. Why not? Like, it, it can't hurt you unless he gets super tired, obviously. But I think throwing him in for one or two offensive plays, a half, maybe a, a drive, like you're just like, hey, let's let's write one up for Mark, Marcus Jones here. It, it was just the Patriots have always seemed to kind of like hide in those one o'clock games. And then you just yeah. kind of look at the box score and you're like, oh, like Patriots won by three, Patriots won by two kind of thing. They're just they're winning games. Like you said, they were in prime time last night and all eyes were on them and they just they they couldn't couldn't do it. They just they couldn't out, do it. They were outclassed. 
And I think Josh Allen, he had like a a B plus B game. Like it didn't look like Josh Allen had one of those superhero games where he's running for 60, 70 yards, com- combining for like four touchdowns. It was uh it was just a a, a beatdown, really. Yeah, he and, and it still showed that even when he doesn't have those games, like he, he didn't have a bad game last night, but he threw for two, two TD passes and he he just showed that he can still find so much time in the pocket to make plays, which is the crazy part of his game and like find soft spots in the Patriots end zone. Like that play when he's running out of bounds, jumps and then throws cross body to Gabe Davis. That was Those are unreal. the things that you love about his game. And that's why you love watching him, especially in prime time. But if you're a Bills game at, or a Bills fan, it is so hard to watch sometimes the hits that he takes. And that's what I took a lot out of this game was how many huge hits he takes like on a regular basis, especially it, tonight. It's a trend. It's definitely a yeah. trend. It's not like a once in a while. Okay. Yeah. Like, that was a tough game for him. He got hit a lot. It's. He at times looked like a chicken running around with his head cut off. It was just he gets out of that pocket and he almost just he he wants to do everything himself and he has the capabilities and talent to do that. So I'm I'm definitely not knocking him from that standpoint. No, but no. we we talked, we texted a little bit during the game last night. Like I just don't think Josh Allen cares about turnovers at all anymore. No. I think it's totally gone out the window for him. I think especially with that play near the end of the second half where he just chucks that deep ball to digs and like into an like almost four yeah it was wild and triple coverage you have your check down just just get the yards that's the thing i i don't get that that the bills need to be doing that and it has to when you have a guy like that a lot of other teams treat their star quarterbacks like they're walking on ice around like just to keep them safe almost and keep them protected it seems to be that the Bills want to do that with Josh Allen, but it's just not going to happen based on the type of dog that he is, which is kind of what you get with a player like that. They want to be explosive, and it's how they have to play to play that good that often. But it going into the playoffs, like he takes one bad hit with how often concussion spotters have now been taking people out of games, with how often he gets into those situations. He could be out for a playoff game like that. Yeah, and not only concussions, a lot of like when he gets past the the front seven and he gets to the safeties and corners, all those guys are going to tackle him low. They're going to go at the knees because Josh Allen's a huge human being. And mm. these guys obviously aren't that big. They're, they're the quick guys. They're going to go low on you. And those knees in the cold weather, it's, it's a recipe for disaster. I'm really hoping it doesn't happen because I love watching Josh Allen play football. I think the bills are a contending team with Josh Allen. I don't think that's a crazy statement at all. No, but it's 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 definitely worrying. And I feel like we've talked about this before and it just keeps continuing. And he he reminds me a lot of a of a young Ben Roethlisberger, just kind of a gunslinger, gets out of the pocket. He's just huge. He's bigger than everyone else on the field. Great arm. But just his some of his decision making is it's not at the level of the talent he has. Like you see mm-hmm. guys like there's. Even guys like, I don't know, Russell Wilson, like skill level right now isn't great, but his decision making is what got him those Super Bowl, the Super Bowl appearance and a Super Bowl win back in Seattle. Like that's what makes the good quarterbacks great. It's their decision making for, for, for a long time. Yeah. Yes. And, and obviously Josh Allen is a top five quarterback in the NFL. I don't think you can argue otherwise right now, but it's, 
just there's some throws where you're watching him and you're just shaking your head and I think Bills fans are almost too blinded by his his upside where they will never be able to criticize him. And I kind of watched last night from a, a critical point of view. And right. I just I just saw some small flaws in his game, but he's still a great quarterback. Yeah, it's it's more in the sense that you're going down the line, you just face better and better defenses. And it's hard to say that about the Bills because they lost to, you know, Kansas City in such heartbreaking fashion. And, yeah. and it hasn't been necessarily a lack of decision making or the mistakes that have really done it for them. But you have to be wary of that going into a playoffs in a stacked AFC where you're not really going to get a lot of second chances. And it seems like it, it I feel like everybody is waiting for the shoe to drop. Who's to say if it does, but it's something to keep an eye on in the sense that 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 pattern of kind of decision-making with the ball might lead them into some trouble. Yeah. But at, at everything said, like that was, that was Bills a huge fine. division yeah. win Bills for the fine. Bills. It was trending up. Yeah. yeah. We it's, sound like we're too down on them. Yeah. We were, we were kind of getting down a path of just, yeah. just chirping Josh Allen, but he's, he's a good quarterback. It just, he had, a, he had a B to B plus game last night and the Patriots still just didn't know how to stop them. So yeah. If, yeah, that was it. At the end of the day, he plays a plus. They are a Super Bowl team. Mm-hmm. That's what I think. What what we were trying to say, uh, but the measuring stick isn't the Patriots for the Bills right now. It's the no, Chiefs. The it's it's yeah. the class, It's the upper echelon of the AFC and the the Patriots. I don't really know where you go from here. Mac Jones is just not a good quarterback. You can't like. Yeah. Do you see some of the play calling? I know. And and I and it's hard to say whether it's like a chicken or the egg thing with Patricia and Mac Jones. It's like who's really the one fucking all this up, which is hard to say because it could be both of them. But at this in the sense of Mac Jones, there's there's a couple plays a game where you see him scramble out of the pocket and throw it just far out of the end zone instead of scramble rushing for like even three or four yards to take that extra little step like I know you're not a running quarterback but even in in the sense of running out of bounds like sometimes you just see him chuck the ball so far out of bounds because he doesn't want any of it and it's sometimes those little plays like that are kind of costing the Pats succinct offensive drives yeah he might be the most unathletic quarterback in the NFL I know he hates moving him scrambling is so tough to watch I know it's like a it's like Tom Brady right now trying to scamble like Mac Jones yeah. at 24, 25. I, it's Matt I don't Ryan know, had better jets than he does. Yes, yeah. And you have Ramondre Stevenson, who's a very good, right? Well, you, they had success running the ball, but they were running it when they're, when they're already down two touchdowns and you mm-hmm. need points and you're just killing the clock. And that, Kicking that one drive goals. was it, uh, the Nick Folk missed, uh, Miss field goal was that mm-hmm. the end of the second quarter yeah there quarterback sneak Killer. on third and one it, it was just it was that was not a belichick team that we were watching last night so i don't know if the nfl is is catching up to him i don't know if he's kind of losing his touch i don't know if it's matt patricia but there's definitely some questions around the patriots that have not been they're, well, they're heading ever yeah they're heading into that kind of uh limbo zone which like every nfl if you're a fan of any nfl team you hate when your team's going to the limbo zone like they tried to patch it they've been doing patchwork essentially since brady left and that's 
essentially starting to i think people are realizing okay this is gonna maybe unravel in the next few years in like a real way especially with the rest of the afcs going as well as they are right now like i don't see the jets the bills or the dolphins getting worse over the next three years in a in a like a real way in the sense of rosters coaching management you know what i mean yep yeah and yeah we you can you can knock down mac jones as much as you want and I personally do not think he is the the future quarterback of the Patriots. I don't think he's the guy, but he also doesn't really have a lot of offensive weapons to work with. Mm-hmm. Like, you know no, what I mean? True. Like, if you look at those other teams that you just mentioned, they all have been drafting good yeah. wide receivers that are helping, or you know they're trading for Stephon Diggs, like and did proper rebuilds. Moves, yes, and yeah. they're making moves to help their young quarterback get get set and get comfortable in the league. And Mac Jones just looks uncomfortable 24-7. His, he just always has that. He always looks like he's about to cry when he takes his helmet off and he goes on the sideline. It's, I know. I don't know, but it's yeah. he's better than Bailey Zappi, I guess. Because Bailey Zappi, he'll, he'll just turn the ball over, I think. He'll make some careless throws. But I don't know. They, they need some help. And they, uh, I think they're in a terrible spot, actually. Yeah, yeah, they're gonna won't... be like right in the, fighting for that last playoff spot. Mm-hmm. So if they make the playoffs, I think they get destroyed in the first round, and then they're in a not great position to draft. And if they just miss the playoffs, then they can't even say that they made the playoffs, and then they're still in a terrible spot to draft. So I yeah, think the, the worst place are, of all time. Yeah, they're in no man's land right now, and yeah, that's not a good thing. Yeah, last thing I had was that I'm. Well, one, it was a great uniform matchup, but two, uh, I'm jealous that Bills fans get to take a Sunday off for the second week in a row. That's such a great feeling of just going into a Sunday and being able to watch all your games, especially after two wins. Especially after a win, yeah. Yeah. When you're just sitting back, especially with uh, just a great slate, it looks like this week, and you can just sit back and watch football knowing that you've, you've won, your week's over. Yeah, they're now a half a game up on the Dolphins for the division, so they are now division leaders, so... Puts a little more emphasis on uh, on this Sunday as well. That was well. a big division win for them because they yeah. were kind of struggling a bit in the division. But yeah, we'll we'll see the if the Bills Bills kind of went into a lull, not a lull, but they were just like kind of losing games. There might have been some questions, but I think that was uh, that was a statement win last night, and hopefully they can follow it up and keep going. Yeah, two uh, two teams on pretty different trajectories, but we'll see how it goes after this. Yep. And we're back with a little bit of something different. We're going to be giving you a little bit of a college football championship weekend preview. I don't know about you, Patrick, because you're obviously a pretty big college football fan, but I I find right around this time in the season, it can be so confusing based on going into championship weekend because it's not a set bracket system like fans are used to in other sports where it's a committee making decisions. And sometimes after big games or big losses and big wins, uh, you might not know where each what that means for each team. So we're kind of just going to go over the biggest championship weekend games, uh, give you a little bit of a preview of them and kind of a, set the table a bit to know what happens based on what happens, if that sounds all right. But yeah, something yeah, like that. It's uh, it's it's an I think the steam of this weekend kind of got taken out a little bit with uh, with divisions. I think division divisions should be taken out of uh or yeah, division should be taken out of the conferences where the top yeah. two teams in each conference should play to Just play. win. Yeah. Uh, and if, if that happened, we would have some amazing matchups. It would be, 
uh, USC. Well, actually, no, not even those two. It's more the the LSU Georgia. It'd be Georgia Alabama, and then the other one would be Michigan Ohio State again, which would be amazing. And it's right now. Now we're faced with two double digit spreads in LSU Georgia and Purdue Michigan. So it's the excitement isn't necessarily there, but there are some very big implications still at play here. Yeah. So to set the table on a very base level, the new top 25 rankings saw a little bit of shakeup in the top six, of course, after Michigan won. Georgia remains at one. Michigan sits at two after their big win, followed by TCU and USC to round out the top four. USC being the only team with a loss. And then sitting right on the outside, watching behind the glass, is Ohio State at five and Alabama at six. And I think Tennessee has a reasonable gripe with being at seven behind Alabama as they both share two losses and Tennessee won the head-to-head. And we mentioned last week that win against LSU doesn't carry nearly as much water as it did after their loss to Texas. So I think Tennessee has better losses to Georgia and South Carolina now that they've gone on the heater. Tennessee also blew out LSU, who Bama yes. lost to, and then beat Bama straight. So that makes no sense. It makes yeah. zero sense. Uh, Bama also hasn't played Georgia. Tennessee played Georgia, and you shouldn't get – I know they lost, but you, you that's the number it's one a better team in the country. Yeah. Yes. So that, I, they need to explain themselves, but they never do. They never yeah. do. They go into that room, and they just go – Okay, like what are what do we want? That's basically what it is. It's all about. It's really confusing. It's all about money, TV yeah. ratings, and in in eyes. Like it's just they do not want T. And by they, I mean the playoff committee do not want TCU in this playoff. I can promise no. you that they are no. begging for Kansas State to take down TCU this weekend. Well, and it wouldn't be the first time that they've done that before because did they not do that back in 2014 when they That's let when Ohio, Ohio State, State in? won the national championship. Yes, yes. which it, was greasy. That was that. It wasn't that greasy because not, not Ohio as State greasy, but blew out Wisconsin in the Big Ten championship. I think it was like 51-3. Like they murdered Wisconsin. They in, were a great team. Obvious. And yeah, it was obvious that they at were the a end great of the team. day. They got lucky with Ohio State winning the national championship to kind of cover their ass a bit. Mm-hmm. But that was a sketchy decision because they're both one loss, and but it was the conference. But it shows championship you they'll do it again. It, yes. But it's this USC Utah game tonight is all eyes yeah. are on this game. Yeah, I was gonna say the Pac twelve championship game number eleven, Utah versus number four USC. It's in Las Vegas at Allegiant Stadium, eight PM on a Friday. I mean, under the lights, this is going to be an absolutely great game. I think this is the most even uh, championship game matchup that we have on the slate in terms of teams that Utah beat USC earlier in the season. It's their only loss, and it's a huge game for UFC. If they win, they're in. If not, no two-loss team has ever made it to the college football playoffs, and it's hard to imagine the committee making an exception for a two-loss non-conference champion that lost twice to the same team so lots on the line for usc tonight all the pressures on them all the pressures on usc it's it's a huge game usc's favored by three points yeah which shows you or may, it might be two and a half now it's it's kind it of been two gone, and a half, gone back and forth yeah so we'll see what it actually closes at but it's it's between those two numbers you, that game that they had earlier in the year was one of the best games of the season. Uh, yeah. Utah walked off with a, a game-winning two-point conversion for 43-42. So I think we're in for some more fireworks tonight. I I do not think this will be a blowout for either either team. I think this is going to be a competitive game. 
coming down to the last like five minutes of the fourth quarter, like it's going to be yeah. who makes a play kind of thing, who who makes a mistake. Like it's going to come down to something like that. Something to look for is USC's running game has not been the same since their, their starting running back, Travis Dye, uh, has been out. He's out for the year, so, which has made Caleb Williams have to become more of a running threat than he was at the beginning of the year. So yeah. that's definitely something to look at because I believe Travis Dye was playing when they played Utah earlier in the year, and he he helped in that win. He he's a good running back in NCAA, but I I, I don't know if USC loses. I and not there's definitely some bias in what I'm about to say because I am an Ohio State fan and we're at, we're on the couch on the five seed just cheering for Utah to win the game. Yeah, it it sucks that USC will probably get punished for playing a championship game if they lose. Yeah, it has to be said. That's the other thing about this Sunday is that there's a lot of teams that aren't playing. Alabama is not play, playing. Uh, Ohio State's not playing. So you get these situations where you're punished for having a undefeated season or having an absolutely great season and getting your way to a conference championship. It seems super backwards, especially for the, like the common fan trying to understand this being like, okay, if I lose this game that I, I earned my way and now I'm suddenly out of the running for the, the college football playoff. The one thing with USC though, and, and you, you mentioned it earlier, if they lose this game, they've lost twice to Utah. So yeah. I think that is the, the one what, what everybody's looking at getting yeah. punished. If you lose to a team twice with three losses, you might not be a playoff team. Yeah. You that's that's the only argument for them dropping out if they lose this game. But I I don't know if they're gonna lose. Like you USC has just they've they've they're trending up. Like since that game, they just they haven't skipped a beat with Travis Dye out. They they beat UCLA demo, not demolished, but like took down Notre Dame with ease and now they're in for their biggest game of the season. Yeah. And and if, and if they get a win here no matter what happens moving forward, it like kind of sets the standard for Portal era first year turnarounds almost. Lincoln Riley. And, yeah. Lincoln Riley, yeah, I also had the stat a win gives USC its 40th conference championship and it's shot at 12th national title. And for Lincoln Riley, it'd be five conference championships in six seasons as a head coach with four college football trips and six tries, which is bonkers. This USC team is almost the exact same as his Oklahoma teams. Yeah. Obviously, Caleb Williams came from Oklahoma, but it's it's literally the, they're built the exact same way. Yeah, and not a great defense, not a good, not a good defense that, no. at all. But um, a high, but a an quick un- offense, unbelievable yeah. offense, and they just they overpower teams with their points, yeah. and other teams just can't keep up. And I think if they win this game, I think it's a shoe win for for Caleb Williams to to win the Heisman. Yeah, that was the next thing I was going to bring up. Right now, he's at uh, minus twenty five hundred odds to win the Heisman, so he's Ridiculous. clearly like heavy, heavy favorite. He's got almost 3,800 passing yards, 34 TDs, three interceptions. I mean, he also has 351 rushing yards and 10 rushing TDs, which is insane. Like 44, 44 total touchdowns yeah. is wild. It's a, it's a big number. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. But um, there is argument to be to, made, though. Yeah, you have to wonder if USC loses this game, it's likely because Utah shuts down Caleb Williams in some way, right? Either yeah, that, I, or they, or, or it's just a complete shootout. Cam yeah. Rising outperforms Caleb yeah. Williams, which will 
obviously but, somewhat hurt your campaign. Yeah. If so, if they lose this game, does and TCU or who we're gonna get to next win their game? Does Max Duggan become front runner, assuming that they win after USC loses? So I don't know if he becomes the front runner where it's like he's guaranteed to win, but it's definitely a huge argument if TCU runs the table, goes 13-0, and and Caleb Williams, obviously great season, 44 total touchdowns, probably going to add on to that tonight. Yep. They're, I mean, if they lose, it'll be 11-2, and which is still a good season. Almost won the Pac-12. I have Max Duggan. He's got 3,070 passing yards, 20, 29 touchdowns, three interceptions. He also has some rushing yards, 294 rushing yards and five touchdowns. So 34 total touchdowns, which it, it's very apparent that his stats may not be the exact same as Caleb Williams. Caleb Williams probably does have better stats. But he's close. But the 13-0 and 0 matters. Yeah. And, and especially TCU's fourth nationally in scoring. Like if you're the guy creating a buzzsaw offense in that way, then you're getting eyes on you, especially if you're a 13 and 0 team that's now headed to the playoff, right? It's kind of impossible for them to ignore that. And if he does go to New York City, it'll be the first player from TCU to make it as a finalist since Ladanian Tomlinson in 2000. So that would be a big deal. I was reading a bit about that back when college teams used to do flat out advertising campaigns yep. for for players to get nominated for Heisman, like multi million dollar advertising campaigns to get Ladanian Tomlinson even nominated. Which is it seems so crazy in today's college football, but it's, so, it's something so cool to look back on. He's he's gonna be going to New York City. There is yeah. for sure, win or lose, he's there. Yeah, there is. I mean. If C.J. Stroud doesn't, if Ohio State doesn't lose to Michigan, C.J. Stroud would be right in there. He's got uh, three thousand three hundred forty yeah. passing yards, thirty-seven throwing touchdowns. Just he doesn't run the ball though, so yeah, it's it's Caleb Williams Heisman to lose at this point, and I yeah. still think even with a loss, he can still win the Heisman. But it it will be a very fun conversation to have if USC loses and TCU wins as to who who should win and me personally I kind of would root for the underdog in that situation with Max yeah, Duggan winning to, it. Yeah. it it would it'd be nice to see no one no one had him in the Heisman conversation going he was into in this a QB year. battle going into the year yeah. with the other yeah so it that would be a great story he's at plus 2500 on the opposite end might of be things. worth a sprinkle dude it might be it might that, be that's almost like taking TCU to beat Kansas State at plus 2500 and then taking it's that's that plus 2500 is basically a Utah TCU parlay yes <laughs> that's a good way you know, of looking it's, at it's it. a good yeah. way to look at it's a, U, no. that's a Utah TCU parlay plus yeah. 2500 there you go. Easy money. Uh, that brings us to the Big 12 championship, number 10, Kansas State versus number three, TCU. Kansas State's the only top 10 team with three losses. And everyone assumes TCU's college football play uh, bid is secure in TCU. But uh, to everybody else, it's kind of up in the air because what if it's not, right? Like what if USC beats Utah on Friday, but the Frogs lose you know 31 10 or 31 to 9 like are you sure that the committee we mentioned this earlier isn't going to swap ohio state for tcu like they did in 2014 and it seems like they're just itching for to do something like that which sucks to say 
it does suck to say because personally, I believe TCU, barring a blowout, should be in the college football playoff. They yes. have they arguably have the best resume. I and mean, this maybe, is the pinnacle of you shouldn't be punished for playing in a championship game. The, the, yes, this is probably a better example than USC in yeah. the punishment aspect. It's TCU should be in, but like I said earlier, I do not think that the the committee wants them to be in because it would definitely hurt their rating. Not hurt their ratings, but you know if a Alabama or an Ohio State gets in there, the yeah. ratings definitely go up, more money, so on and so forth. But I don't I don't really know. I think TCU should be in. They are deserving. They, like, the Big 12 was just one massive gauntlet this year. They're Every building a, a really hard game. case. Exactly. They're building. That's the thing that at a certain point, it's going to have to become undeniable, especially if they, you know, obviously if they win this game. But their case to this point has been so strong that it's really hard to deny it to them, even if they do lose. Now, barring a blowout, of course, like if it looks really bad. But I don't think Kansas State is going to do that either. So there is one argument for TCU dropping out without a blowout here if they lose tcu and kansas state played each other earlier in this year right tcu tcu won the game 38 28 yeah they got kansas state down to their third string quarterback injuring adrian martinez and will howard right so that's you know what i mean like is that win a true win because kansas state was winning when they had their best quarterback in the game and tcu came on late when they were playing a third string quarterback True. That's that's no, the only argument. I'm just yeah. trying to, you know what I mean? I'm just trying to lay lay everything out there. Mm-hmm. I think Kansas State is a better team. But TCU just keeps winning. And yeah, it's, and they keep getting up for big games. Yes. Every time you doubt TCU, they prove you wrong. And they have every they haven't lost a game this year. And I've I've bet against them a decent amount of times and I've lost. So not only does TCU keep winning, but I believe in this game, they will be as healthy as they've ever been this season. Quentin Johnson, one of their wide receivers, is healthy. He will be playing in this game. I mean, Max Duggan is a throwing threat. He's a running threat. It's, I don't know. I think it's going to be a similar game to USC-Utah where it's going to, it's, they're going to be tight. It's going to be a tight game, and it's going to come yeah. down to who makes the big play and who makes the mistake. And that's how you're going to win or lose this game. Yeah, I agree. And the one last thing that I had was that if it's such a crazy situation, because if they if TCU lose badly and Kansas State would go to the Sugar Bowl as the Big 12 champion and then TCU would fall out of the playoff and go to the Cotton Bowl and to just go to the Cotton Bowl after a season like this, and especially like if it turned on a dime like that, it's just the nightmare situation for TCU fans, but I had to mention it. If TCU gets knocked yeah. out of the playoff, I'm fading them in whichever bowl game they play in. They, oh, yeah. They're going to be Everyone's... so demoralized. They're not going to yeah. be able to get up for that game. And yeah. the, Sorry, the, the last thing I have on this game is I believe Adrian Martinez will be healthy to play in this game. But I think Kansas State has to roll with Will Howard. He's been winning them games down the stretch here. And Adrian he Martinez, like, obviously, he's, I mean, Adrian Martinez might have been playing college football my entire life. I think he's in his <laughs> sixth year of university. Right. He was from, he was on Nebraska forever. Uh, it's, I can't believe he's still playing. 
but I think Will Howard should be the starting quarterback. And I, I don't think you mess with what Kansas state has right now. I think this right. is going to be a, a better game than, than USC Utah. Yeah, I think so too. I'm really excited for it, especially with how much is on the line for TCU. I like one TCU. Ha- one I think they're a likable team. That's the yeah. t- I like both of these teams. Cool. Mm-hmm. It's going to be a cool color game. A lot of purple on the field. Yeah. No, I agree. Next, uh, the next two championship games we have are the ones that we weren't focusing on as heavy because they're kind of the two ones that people would guess more to be locks. We have the SEC championship with LSU, number 14 LSU playing number one Georgia in Atlanta at Mercedes-Benz. That's pretty much a home game for Georgia. Yeah. And the Big Ten championship with Purdue at, uh, versus number two Michigan, and that's in Indianapolis. I'll give you a crazy Purdue stat. Purdue has nine all-time wins as an unranked team against AP top two teams. Nobody else in college football has more than four. It like goes back to like 1922 or something. You gave me a bit of PTSD with that stack because they beat Ohio State in one of those They have these crazy nuggets of games where they're unranked and they're beating like a absolute titan. So that's why everybody's like looking at this game. But I think I think Michigan rolls here. I think that for them, if you can become one of those teams that goes 10 and 0 in conference play, that's 2019 Ohio State, 2020 Alabama. That's the list of teams who have done that. So it, it you're joining kind of like that upper echelon, and that just puts a bow on their season. I think they get up for this game, and I think they win it big. I mean, the the spreads alone tell you pretty much yeah. everything you need to know about this game. I my only question is. Like, I, I don't know if either of these, like Georgia, Michigan, I don't know if you even get up for these games, really. Like, you're in. They're in. You're Win in. Lose, yeah. They are in the playoff. I think I think Georgia has more of an opportunity to get up for. I feel like the SEC championship always kind of means a bit more. They're playing in uh, Georgia. I think it's a sneaky spot to take Purdue plus 16 and a half in Indiana, Indianapolis. Sorry. It's, it's that's a it's lot right of points. There. That's a lot of points. It just screams backdoor. Both these spreads scream backdoor. Jaden Daniels, he was in a walking boot after uh, LSU, Texas A&M. He's playing, which is huge for the Tigers. But I also think the Tigers are so demoralized after that loss to A&M last week. Yeah, and I think... I think in the sense of the Georgia game, I think the only way that you get up for this game is more of like a game planning standpoint because a win sends them back to Atlanta for the Peach Bowl. So that's like another home game for them. So I think in the sense of of a strategy standpoint that they want to keep playing at home instead of going to the Fiesta Bowl, which would presumably be back and then go back to West Coast for low uh, uh, for SoFi. So that kind of creates a tougher travel schedule. So it's, I guess, little things like that that I'm thinking that the they'll find the ways to get up for this. It also seems like Georgia gets up for the big ones. Whenever they're yeah. playing a big team, like they're up for Oregon, Tennessee. Those are really their two biggest games. So LSU, I think they do get up for it. I think there's a better chance Georgia covers that spread as opposed to Michigan. Not trying to diss Michigan. I just think Purdue never gets to these. Like, like this is a huge game for Purdue in the big Ten yeah. championship as opposed to like Michigan, like, the Big Ten Championship is Ohio State-Michigan every year. That is the Big Ten Championship. I just think Purdue's not going to quit. They're a good football team. That I watched their game against. Obviously, it was very early in the year, but they played uh, Penn State, I think, week one or two, and that came that game came down right to the wire. I think Penn State had a, a walk-off touchdown. 
But yeah. Aiden McConnell's a pretty good quarterback. Blake Corum is out for the year, which obviously hurts Michigan a lot in what they want to do on offense. Donovan Edwards is obviously not a bad drop off as we saw last week. But uh I don't I don't know. I just I don't mind Purdue catching 16 and a half. I don't think they win this game. I think Michigan yeah. kind of gets out to a nice lead early and then just kind of goes on autopilot in the second half. Yeah, I watched Purdue against that game. They had against the uh, Illinois where they upset Illinois and yes, they the, the longest game, game. Yeah. the longest game ever. <laughs> Took like four hours, but yeah, I think that that is a uh, is way too many points for them. But that's kind of what we just wanted to give you guys as a wrap up to get you a little bit updated for going into this weekend, so you can Friday sit night, down on Saturday game tonight, Friday USA, night, Utah. Yeah. watch it, enjoy it, soak it up. And we're back with a little NFL Week 13 Sunday preview. And we're jumping right into the first of a series of massively important NFC Beast divisional games with the Commanders at Giants. Commanders are favored by two and a half points and at seven and five and seven and four, respectively. Both are in the playoff hunt right now coming down the stretch and they play twice in the next three weeks. The Giants are 0-2 in the division, while the Commanders are 1-2, and and I feel like this could be a huge breaker coming down the line. This is the game. Yeah. For these two teams, that they haven't played each other yet this year. Like, this is the game. Like, Commanders, you said it, 7-5, and Giants 7-4. and The winner of this game is kind of controls their own destiny to get into the playoffs. Yeah. And I, I'll also, the winner of this game, I will, I will believe in. And like, I'll think you're a good football team and the loser. I'm kind of out, kind of out. It's, yeah, it's one of it's those. Fun. It's a make or break game. I want to see these. Like, this is a perfect matchup to see who is, who's legit. Like who can win in this late, late in the year. It, you know, in big divisional December game. Yeah. It's, it's huge. I don't know what's going to happen. Commanders are favored by two and a half in, uh, in MetLife. Yeah, these are two teams who have been on, like, totally different trajectories of late, too. Like, Washington's been hot. They got three straight, six of the last seven. And we mentioned last episode how rock-solid their defense has been and how dangerous the offense can look when they play well. But oppositely, we've also talked about how the Giants are totally on a slide. They've lost three of their last four with the only win being against the Texans. So this has to be a game where if you're the Giants, you have to be game-planning totally around getting the run game free because we saw last week with Washington they beat the Falcons at their own game by outrunning them and if you get Saquon Barkley shut down again you have no chance of winning this game the Giants go as far as Saquon goes last two weeks we've talked about they've obviously lost the last two weeks and Saquon was held under 50 yards in both those games you like they have to get him going if they want a chance in this game because if they get the running game going, then it opens up the passing game for Daniel Jones. It also allows Daniel Jones to scramble for those yards, and that's when we see him at his best. Because he can go like he's got sneaky wheels, Daniel Jones. That's that oh, yeah. sneaky guy, Vanilla Vic, I believe some people are calling him. Yeah. Is Chase we, Young back? Sorry to interrupt. He's I, still is, questionable again. So he was supposed I, to play last week. I know you got to figure he's playing in this one, and they're just they're questionableing him for like game planning reasons like to make the giants game plan without him i guess or some yeah, sort of head games there he, but you have dang. to figure he's back this is a huge game you have to game plan with him in the lineup obviously but i i mean i knew this but i didn't know it at the same time but with it with him back that entire d line for the commanders are all first round picks 
Yeah, that's crazy. It's that's a scary defensive unit, and we we've seen it all year. They they have proved themselves to be one of the better defenses in the NFL. They're going for their fourth straight win. It's something. It's a something's got to give. You said it. Giants trending down. Mm-hmm. Commanders going up. Yeah, and we know Heineke gets up for the big games, right? Or at least has. Daniel Jones has to be the guy who gets up for the big game if the Giants want to win. Like, it's it's Daniel Jones and it's Saquon Barkley. Like, obviously, if Saquon gets free, it opens up Jones. But if if that's not working, he's got to take this game into his own hands and show that he can win a game himself. Daniel Jones has to prove that he is the starting quarterback for the Giants for the future. Still, yeah. We... We haven't really seen it yet. I mean, obviously they these have they have a good record, seven and four, but I don't think it's Daniel Jones winning these games. I think it's Saquon Barkley and the defense kind of figuring out, finding ways to win games. Right. You you mentioned Taylor Heineke earlier. I think if Brian Robinson Jr. has a similar running game like he had last week and with complimented by Antonio Gibson, that takes so much pressure off him having to make plays because Heineke is a fun quarterback, very fun quarterback. I think he's better than Carson Wentz, but he is also prone to make some mistakes and Mm -hmm. cause some turnovers because he kind of just says McLaurin got to be down there somewhere and just throws it up. So if if Washington gets the running, similar, similar, they're very similar teams. I think commanders have the better defense as opposed to two, but both these teams offensively kind of rely on a good running game to open up the pass game. I think the commanders have way better weapons than the Giants. I don't even, that's not even a conversation really. Right. So, I mean, I, I lean the commanders on this game, but this is one of those games where I won't be touching it. Just kind of sitting back and just watching. See, prove to me that one of you are legit and I should take you seriously. It's one of those yeah. games. No, I agree. And this starts a total stretch for the Giants where they have commanders Eagles, Commanders, Vikings. So the next month is going to pretty much answer all of our collective questions about the Giants, whether they can get their run game back on track, if the offense is actually legit, is the defense going to play at this clip? There's a million questions that should be answered. Yeah, yep. But it's, uh, it's going to be an interesting one looking forward for sure. And that brings us to another huge matchup in a battle of divisional leaders and another test for the 10-1 and Eagles, Titans at Eagles. Eagles are favored by four and a half and the Titans come into the game with the third overall rush defense set to face the Eagles third overall rush offense, which is like a perfect matchup to keep your eye on. And it's really going to be Tennessee's defense against Hertz at the end of the day. It is. It's, this is maybe the Eagles biggest test of the year. I mean, I know that they destroyed the Vikings earlier in the season, but I think that, and obviously they played the Cowboys earlier with it minus Dak Prescott, but I think this is the Eagles. Like we have an opportunity to show why we have the best record in the NFL going up against a just a tough Tennessee team. AJ Brown's homecoming after yep. getting traded. I think it's pretty pretty fair to say that the Eagles won that trade. I mean, obviously we don't know what Traylon Burks will end up being. That's who they who they drafted with that pick, but He's got AJ to get Brown's going this gonna, gonna them, be looking yeah. for for revenge, I think. And big time. The big uh, you said it the offense versus defense. Uh, a game within the game of that is can Tennessee stop Hurts from from scrambling? Because we saw last week against the Packers, he had a hundred rushing yards in the first quarter. Like that, you can't let that happen and think you're going to win. 
Yeah, exactly. And they're the Titans are still riding that eight game streak of not allowing an opponent opponent to score mo- more than twenty points, which is insane. Um, but it'll be up to them to stop him and make sure that he can't be scrambling all over them or else they're not going to win because similarly on the other side of the ball, this is going to be another huge test for that Titans offense who came up short against the Bengals last week. Their offense is 29th overall. They got the 12th best rushing offense somehow with Derrick Henry on your roster. They're 29th in passing and 26th in scoring. So it's not ideal as a divisional leader. And when push comes to shove, will this Titans offense, you know, slash Ryan Tannehill be able to get them over the hump? I think we've seen a better Titans offense as of late since Tannehill has come back. I think they, they've looked a little bit better. Obviously still not elite by any stretch, but I think they're yeah, they're average, we'll say, on offense. I think last week watching that that Packers Eagles game, and I know we're talking about last week and it's a week to week league, but it looked like the Eagles did have some vulnerability to them in the in the rushing game as the Packers, who have not really been able to get a, much of a running game going this year, they were running the ball with AJ Dillon and Aaron Jones last week with success. Yeah, T- Titans are getting their center back. It seems Ben Jones, which will obviously help the the offensive line movement for Der- Derrick Henry. This game just is going to be a battle. I think it's going to be a very physical matchup. Uh, it's going to be offensive line versus defensive line. The two two winged helmets going at each other. Yeah, I'm excited for it. I am too. This is a this is a Sunday full of great matchups. We this can't get the to them one all because game, there's so many say. of them. But this is the one o'clock yeah. game. I would agree. Uh, and I think that it's going to be a game where yeah, if they break Derrick Henry free, then who knows like the sky's the limit for the titans offense in this game and then it becomes a real interesting game based on you know the titans might have what it takes to beat the eagles based on their defense yeah and going and going back to like Tannehill, like Traylon burks has looked good the past two weeks yeah they just got to get him activated in the red zone they got to get him going he still doesn't have a passing td they just gotta they gotta finish they gotta close those plays and obviously it's it's similar to all the teams that we've we've talked about so far it's derrick henry's going then everyone is kind of going on that offense. Yeah. And the, everything will just kind of seem a little bit easier if you can get your running game going with success. The, that was the, I believe last week was the first game the, the Titans have lost when Derrick Henry has gotten a catch. Yeah. Uh, so we'll see. We'll see if they can get him going in the receiving game. I don't really think they need to necessarily. I think Dontrell Hilliard, their backup running back, is more of the, uh, Receiving running back. Titans are getting Fat Randy back. Fat Randy is coming back. They they missed him last week. They had that missed field goal at the end of the second quarter, which, I mean, could have been the difference in a way. They would have gone helped. into Surely half would've helped. Helped, yeah. as opposed to tied, and they would have yeah. felt better about themselves. So that's nice Surely that they get their, their starting kicker back. A lot of public money on the Titans this week. A lot of public money. It's interesting. Yeah, it like that it kind of screams like it's in Philly, four and a half. It's kind of outside of a football number. I don't yeah, know. I, I don't that really was know spread. where I, I lean on this. To stay you away. A, you're gonna stay I away. Wanted, I want to stay away from the spread because the four and a half kind of weirds me out. It it's a game where I guess if the Eagles are firing on all cylinders, they will win by a touchdown, I think. But yeah, it's not a football number. It's it's, it's we, a perfect it's just, way of putting it's it. We, yeah. Like five. Yeah. Like how, how do you get to five? Like a safety would have to get involved there. So I think it's going to be, 
I, I don't have a really I don't have a good tell either, but honestly, I kind of lean under in this game for for some weird too. reason. It just seems like it's gonna be a physical play. It's gonna be like like the Titans are. It seems like they're playing a playoff game every week. Like with the Bengals last week, I think that you're gonna see a very similar game to that Bengals game this week. It's just yeah. gonna be a tough, and it's probably gonna come down to the fourth quarter again. I this might might be worth the. The draw at halftime, sprinkle one of those where it's like ten ten going in at half. Yeah, that's not a bad call. Yeah, I think. Uh, and for that under, I think Titans unders are eight and one in the past nine games. Well, yeah, streak. like you said, they're yeah. the eight games in a row, twenty or yeah. less points. That's just it's pretty crazy. It's a good recipe yeah. for success. Yeah, but that brings us to another great matchup of divisional leaders and. A possible Super Bowl preview. That's right. I'm going to say there it, it as a is. Dolphins there fan. It is. I'll say it. The Dolphins have won five straight and the 49ers have won four straight. This is the best defense in the NFL going against what some are calling the best offense in the in the NFL. And it's a true test, I'd say, for both teams. I think it's one of those games where I know it's in San Fran and the 49ers are getting the points, but it's going to be one of those games where Somebody's got to give in that sense that either the defense is going to break offense and Tua or they're going to throw all over them all day. Like, and it's just going to be one of those games. This is the game I'm most excited to watch this yeah. week. And it's, it's a stacked week, probably the most stacked week we've had so far. Yeah. I'm so excited for this game, Damon. It's, yeah. it's another homecoming with Mike McDaniel, Jeff Wilson Jr. and Raheem Moser all coming back. Yeah. I don't really know what to make of it. You you mentioned the the number one defense against I I know you might say they're number one, but they're ranked number three. Don't get ahead of yourself right now. But I D'Amico said Ryan, one of one, one fair of. enough. Fair enough. It's I'm so excited because the Dolphins, I think a lot of um like the public, like people watching the game, they're high on them. But I, other than the Bills, I don't really think they have a signature win. I know they beat the the Ravens, but I the don't. Ravens, I yeah. don't see the Ravens as as like a signature win. It's a nice win for sure. But this is the game for the Dolphins and the 49ers also to both make a statement and show because it's actually kind of the opposite. Where like the public's high on the Dolphins, but like the the sharps are high on like the Niners and the public yeah, may not a lot be of as money high. On the Niners, yeah. And I think the spread tells you that that's that's the way people are they the Vegas is thinking. I just can the Dolphins offense do what they're doing against Nick Bosa in this 49ers defense. That's what I was gonna say. San Francisco's physical and the Dolphins O line has been giving up like far too much pressure lately. So the 49ers are gonna straight out attack Tua it's going to be the Dolphins tackles versus Bosa and Miami could be without both starting tackles going to ask you that, and yeah. Austin Jackson. It's going to be a game time decision. So when the Dolphins face those top pass rushing teams, it's not great to have those two starters out, Correct. out. Yeah. like it's not ideal. So Brandon Shell and Greg Little are going to be having to deal with Bosa, who has 11 and a half sacks and 30 QB hits this season. So this will be a game for both the offensive line and Tua in the sense of Tua knows how to get those balls out fast when he has to. He's played tough defenses before. So if he is the MVP candidate that he wants to be and that everybody in Miami is arguing for, then this has to be a game where you game plan so hard that you can expose this good 49ers defense. Yeah, I think Nick Bosa is the best defensive end in football currently. Yeah. 
he's just such a threat. And he like you're gonna see him in the backfield so much, especially going up against a backup tackle. This yeah. is an opportunity for Mike McDaniel to just scheme up those quick slants, the quick screens, let Tua just get the ball out of his hands, get it into Tyreek and Jalen Waddle's hands, and just let them do the work. It's yeah. This is a game it, where Tua just don't overcomplicate things. Get the ball, get it out. Don't like one, two, gone. One, two, gone. It's gonna be one of those. If he holds on to the ball, that's it, that could lead to some problems for the Dolphins. Yeah, and that's been one of the things that for a guy who's watched Tua a ton as being a Dolphins fan, the thing that I've been most impressed with him this year is his pocket awareness has gotten like infinitely better in a lot of those situations. So this has to be a game where he's getting those balls out fast and relying on his receivers. And it also has to be a game where they're getting the running game going with two X 49ers, Jeff Wilson Jr. and Raheem Mostert. And the one, I don't want to spoil my picks too early, but I'm taking the Dolphins to cover this game because I think this is a game that Mike McDaniel has been game planning for since the day he was hired as head coach effectively. And the day that it was on the schedule, he had that circled. So I think that if there's anybody who knows this 49ers team in and out, outside of the facility, it's him. And it's a guy who's proven to know how to exploit other teams by using his own team's strengths. So this has to be another edition of that where you're using Tua's fast throws and you're using your fast receivers and your fast running game to play, hurry up, play tempo on this 49ers defense and make them uncomfortable Mike McDaniel is just an anomaly of a head coach I mean he's just cracking jokes mid-game I I, I think he might be stoned during these games it's not out of the question it's not out of the question he's he's just on his playbook George is the best SEC team it's just like I don't know he's he's a he's a funny cat he's the opposite of Sirianni for me where he just like and the opposite of Brian Flores yeah he doesn't show a ton of emotion but he's, he's like, he actually has a personality. Like yeah. That's kind of what you want in a head coach, similar to like a Mike Tomlin. They don't show a ton of emotion on the field, but when you talk to them, it's actually like a real human being. So yeah. that, like, And it's what this team needed, not to go player, on a Dolphins rant, but it. it's what the players needed here because it's, it gives them, they, they release their videos of their pre of their post-game speeches after their, their wins or losses. But it's a guy that they can rally around because it's not one of those head coaches. Obviously it's a rookie coach and he's got a lot to prove, but with big personalities on the team, like Tyree kill, like your Xavier Howard, not, not that Xavier Howard is a big personality, but a big career player, right? Like one of those superstar players yeah. and a young quarterback like Jalen Waddle. It You need a guy who's not making it about himself, but instead just, creating enough of a collective for the team to actually move as one like you see great football teams play well because they're all playing as a unit and everybody buys in and it seems like this entire team is buying into mike mcdaniel so it's a good place to be but this is the test right yeah this is the time he makes coming to work fun yeah and this is this could be we talked about last week jalen hurts kind of had his mvp game this is Tua's opportunity to really Absolutely. throw his name into that that top three of just these are the MVP candidates and it's no one else. Like this is Tua's chance. And if he goes out there and puts up 30 points, I don't even think 24 and you win the game like 24-17 or 24-20, like that is a huge statement when you contributed, you put up points. Yeah. It's, it's a great opportunity for this Dolphins team that 
I mean, there were some expectations for them going into the year, but I don't think that people had this envision for what they were going to be and the stride to the strides Tua has made this year. So yeah. I'm excited. I've seen I, I was doing some uh some injury reports before this game. So it says Mostert is still limited on Thursday. So I don't know what the injury report is today. I saw that too. So yeah, I don't know if he's gonna play. It looks like a lot Elijah Mitchell is out. So this is a big you're gonna Chris get McCaffrey a big dose questionable of McCaffrey. Too, like, oh, he's yeah. he's playing. He'll be playing. He, he's playing, but he's on that questionable list too. So like he's but even though they're gonna run him, a, I'm sure a zillion times. But I think that you've got to lean on to like our cornerbacks. Davian Howard's been struggling this year. He hasn't been nearly his super like former Pro Bowler self in the sense that he's been giving up a lot of yards and he hasn't been getting those like crazy consistent interceptions, which he was, which is hard to keep up at any clip, but. If there's any quarterback that can get like picked off in a, a game like this, it just feels like a Jimmy G. Like you know, like, I was going to mention mistake. that. Like it's, you got to jump on those. If Jimmy doesn't make the mistake, they probably win this game. If he makes one or more mistakes, this game gets really interesting. Mm-hmm. And I think it's a it's a good spot for the Dolphins to go in there and maybe upset them. I think I would be on them too with the spread. I uh, it's it's interesting because. Like the 49ers being the Saints last week, 13. That's not an impressive win. Obviously, holding a team to zero points is impressive, but you only put up 13 against a not very good defense. So I agree. It's a test totally for both teams. I think the the ceiling of the Dolphins offense is much higher than the ceiling of the 49ers offense. Which is crazy to say with the weapons. Yeah. Yeah. But I think Jimmy G does kind of handicap that team a little bit. Definitely. So uh, that'll be something to watch going into this one for sure. Fins up. And another four o'clock game we're going to be looking at here is Chiefs at Bengals. We're looking at the rematch of the AFC Championship game. Features two of the uh, league's top offenses. This is going to be another crazy offensive game. And Patrick Mahomes and Joe Burrow are both first and second respectively in passing touchdowns. And it's, it's set to be one of those classic shootouts here. Yeah, so they played each other twice last year. Yeah. Uh, Bengals winning both games. The first one, 34-31 shootout. Then, obviously, in the AFC Championship, like you mentioned, winning 27-24 in overtime. This is this is going to be a fun game. I think it's the Bengals are as good as they've been all year. Like, they're hitting their stride. You're seeing their high potential. It, Jamar Chase will be back. I believe Joe Mixon will play, but I think he's still listed as questionable. Uh, but I think he should be might not take all the snaps, but I think he'll definitely be in that in the game. I don't really know what to make of this game. I think the Chiefs are are angry for those two games last year. Like they they have that sour taste in their mouth. They don't like the Bengals. But this is a this is a game where I can see them playing each other again later on in January in the playoffs. The Chiefs are in the driver's seat to get that first round bye at nine and two right now. And if you win this game, that really sends a message to the rest of the league that they are the team to beat in the AFC and maybe the team to beat in the NFL. Yeah, I agree. They're totally in the driver's seat in the sense that they can choose their own destiny here. And it always feels like the Chiefs are in that position. Always. Like it's such a luxurious position to be in, but it feels like they're there so often. And I'll give you an absolutely Terminator Mahomes stat. He's one and, two in his, one and two in his career against the Bengals, including the playoffs with both of those losses obviously coming last season, but he has never lost three games to the same opponent. That is, must are be the nice. Bengals going to be the one? Yeah. Must be so, nice. Yeah. 
it's a crazy stat, but it's, I think this is going to be actually a good litmus test for the KC offense in the sense that the Bengals have been a great defense this year, in especially in the second half. So this is going to be a big game. That second half is going to be really where all the eyes fall on this game. You know, that late moving into the night, like all the eyes are going to be on Chiefs Bengals. So that second half is going to be a good litmus test for both teams, but it should be a totally high scoring game. And I'm excited to watch it. Essentially. Yeah. I'll be split screening this game with the Dolphins game. Big time. I'm I'm just I'm so excited. Patrick Mahomes uh welcomed in his second child on Monday. So it's, oh, it's there's something game. there's a little baby game, Chiefs minus two. Some something, something to keep an eye on, maybe a Mahomes anytime prop. Could be. But it, it's a it's just gonna be a fun game. I think we we have talked in the past, and this is gonna be kind of a just a tidbit doesn't really have much to do with the actual game about how like the chiefs and chargers is a really fun uh jersey matchup i think this is a terrible jersey matchup too much going on. helmets and orange helmets going at each other I, I think it's gonna be just not pretty to look at on the screen but i think we'll we'll put up with it with the game we're expecting 52 and a half is the total i know obviously those two scores that we listed last year they're it's tempting right around the number I mean, I, I don't know what to say. I got to lean Chiefs in this game. I think I have to just based on uh, obviously the Bengals are really high, but I think the Chiefs losing to the Bills earlier this year also left left a sour taste in their mouth. And I think they, they haven't really made a statement yet. They, they're winning games. Obviously, they're 9-2 and two best record in the AFC. But this is an opportunity for the Chiefs to make a statement. We mentioned it like, Go to the driver's seat. Show me that you are the best team in the NFL still. They need to get find a running game, though. They need to find it. Clyde Edwards-Hilaire is kind of just hiding under a rock. I believe Isaiah Pacheco is now their lead back. Maybe yep. McKinnon. I, I think Hilaire's out, yeah. I, without a running game, this Chiefs team doesn't scare me like their past teams. Yeah, I agree. But it's still, it's Mahomes still so league. hard. Mahomes' league. It's his league to lose, really, and this is a game where I think him and Kelsey are going to put on a show again, which I'm very happy about for fantasy. Nobody cares about your fantasy. But, uh, yeah, I think that the everybody's eyes are going to be on this game, and it should be one of those you know games where you shouldn't have to think much. You just sit back on the couch, kind of let it wash over you. I'm so excited for the 4 o'clock <laughs> slate. Even, even like Chi or, uh, Chargers Raiders on there, too, like – there's just going to be a lot of fun games to be on in the mm-hmm. four o'clock slate gives you an opportunity to kind of just focus in on that Eagles Titans game at one o'clock, or if your favorite team's playing, you can kind of just flip back and forth. But this is probably the best slate we've had thus far in the NFL. Yeah. So it should be a great weekend and I hope uh, everybody enjoys it without further ado. We're back for our favorite segment, sometimes not favorite segment, goalpost picks. We're heading into the weekend. This is a big weekend in terms of our records. I went one and five we last week, did. so I'm at yeah. six and six. Yeah, we both went one and five, so I'm still 500 headed, heading into a big weekend. And a little caveat we've decided to add is that whoever had the better record the week before gets to choose their picks first, and then whoever is choosing second can't reuse any picks. We obviously had both had the Argos money line, but that's a bit of an outlier uh, for the first week, but that's the way it's going to be moving forward. So for NFL, I'm going to start off with 
one of my more sure picks. This would be my lock if I had to give one. It's Titans Eagles under 44. 44 is still a big enough number in the sense that that's still a lot of points. It's not like one of those like 39 overs or over unders. So I think that these are two good defenses. 24 two, 20. Yeah, exactly. And so I think that this is going to be more, yeah, more of 2017 game. Yeah. You know, so have room to put up points, but just yeah. not a crazy amount. It, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And then I talked about it earlier, but the Dolphins plus four, I think this is a game that the Dolphins game plan well enough to keep this within four points. I think this is a field goal game for sure. So I think that four is, is the number that I wanted at. Um, and two more picks. I got to go. I'm riding with the commanders again on the spread. I'm taking commanders minus two and a half. I think that that's another game that they're going to be able to get up and win for again. And they haven't led me wrong yet. So I have to keep riding. They're a fun team to watch. I want to have some skin in that game. And finally, for my last NFL pick, uh, I'm going to go with a game we didn't talk about, but Vikings minus three, which I feel a bit gross biting, betting on the Vikings. And it doesn't feel like the best thing, but I think that this is a game where they're going to beat the Jets especially with just Mike White's not playing Chicago anymore. Like Mike White had his game. That was fun. That was really fun. It was fun. Everybody had fun at the Mike White game. And I think that this is obviously not Chicago's defense. I think Minnesota gets up for this one. And I think that they beat the Jets. You stole that one from me. I had the Vikings. I I liked, I wanted the Vikings badly. That was the one that I was like, don't take this one. Don't take this one. But that's my last one. That stings. I know. I was was like, like, we're doing well. We're doing well. Yeah. And my last two NHL uh, picks that because uh, my NHL picks have hit a, a good clip, so I think I'd be wrong to steer away from it right now. I'm gonna go both two games late Saturday night, and I think I'm gonna steal some for you here. Coyotes Canucks over six and a half. I think that's a layup with how both teams have been playing right now. And the other one I'm gonna go with is Panthers Kraken over six and a half. Kraken are fresh off of a 17 game or 17 goal game. And the past, I think, five Panthers games have all gone over at least three or four goals. So I have faith in both sides to pull the, the weight there and get me two, two easy NHL wins. So those are my picks heading into the weekend, and I'm feeling pretty good about them. Yeah, I mean, I really like your Vikings pick. I, I definitely lean Dolphins in that Niners game. I I enjoy your your under. I didn't have, The only one I had was the Vikings. Sure. I, I now have almost too many picks to choose from because I thought you were I, I wrote down I wrote down eleven. You took one, so now I have ten to choose from. This is where I get myself into trouble. But my I'm I'm I gotta go with my eye. The eye test never fails me. I I went against it last week. I went just just brain. You gotta go eyes, don't think, just shoot. So we're starting off Friday night, college football, USC, Utah, over 67 points. We mentioned it earlier. The first time they played, it was 43-42. So yep. 85 points will do tonight. I think it'll be a shootout back and forth battle. It, that that Vegas stadium also just screams overs. Like it's indoors. There's going to be no totally. weather to get in the way at night. I think it'll be fun. Oh, I don't know what to do. <laughs> UNC, UNC, UNC plus seven and a half against Clemson Saturday night. Uh, I I think Clemson's a bad football team. I do. I'm I do so not sick think of they're good. Clemson, Drake I like May, that. 
Drake May is a good quarterback. Uh, I I think UNC could win that game outright. I've I've watched it. I've watched enough of both teams to to have faith in that pick. This is also it's also a, a similar situation to Purdue, where it's like UNC. Like this is a big deal for UNC. Clemson, they're like, oh man, like our season's over. So big opportunity for UNC. I'm gonna take them with a seven and a half. They can lose by a touchdown. I'll still be okay. Now this is where I really have to make a decision if I take one more in college or go to the NFL because I've been decent in the NFL, not so great in college. I'm taking Kansas State TCU over 62. I'm doing it. I, I, like I got that some, too. some high totals, and I think they're high for a reason. I, I, I'm rooting for points this week. I'm, I'm rooting for points. I think it'll be fun. And, but that's, that's enough for the college for me. Time for some NFL. I'm going to go Chiefs minus two. Mahomes with the baby. Uh, I also just don't like the Bengals. I think the Chiefs want revenge. I think the Chiefs Chiefs win. Could be a field goal. Still covers. This is a bit of a disgusting pick. I don't love it, but I think it has the opportunity to hit. Broncos plus nine and a half. I thought you were going to go for the under again. There, I, but Bronco- I want to, but I think nine and a half with that over under total screams that the Broncos are going to find a way to keep this at nine points or less. I kind of thought the same thing too. It is a gross game. Like you don't want to get yourself involved with the Broncos too often, but I think that this is a game. Yeah. That's too many points in the sense that I think that after being bad for so many weeks, this could be a bit of a get up spot for them. Like yeah, just, you got to get up for something. They have to do something eventually. I don't think the yeah. Ravens are that great of a football team. I've watched a lot of them. That's They're way own, too big of a spread, I think. Nine and a half is huge for how good their defense is. Yeah. I, I thought about taking the under, but I I can't lose on a Broncos under. <laughs> so that was five, right? That, I just gave out five picks? Oh, I believe goodness. so. I think you have one left. Oh, I can't. I can't go against the Suns. I want to. I really wanted to take the Rangers minus one and a half tonight. Right. It's what I was looking at. Maybe over six and a half, but I'm not. I'm going to go for points again, and I'm taking Chargers Raiders over 49 and a half points. I like that. I like so three that. That's college, like- three NFL, mm-hmm. a lot of overs, couple underdogs, one favorite. I think I'm seeing the board this week. I felt good. I went through it. I liked three underdogs, and I liked three favorites, so I'm um, I'm balanced at least. I, I yeah. like too many overs though, which is dangerous. It's dangerous. Yeah, that, that I like that last Chargers uh, Raiders pick. That's kind of like my Titans Eagles under. It's kind of the, the polar opposites of those two games. That, what that worries me in that Chargers that Raiders game is they just keep going for it on fourth down and not not getting it. That's the only. That's, that's my only concern. Yeah. If they're Could. putting points on the board, like if they're getting conversions, they're gonna. That's gonna go over. Yeah. No, it's true. It's true. All right. Well, I think that does it for our picks and for the podcast, actually. Thanks again for listening, guys. Uh, We always appreciate the support, and we'll get back to you next week after a loaded weekend of football. Yeah, guys, enjoy the NFL slate. Big college games this weekend. Have a a great sports weekend. Why not? Why not us? Why not? Why not? Have a good one. All right. See ya. See ya, Damien. Shine her